good to see everyone. I just want to say I appreciate and love every one of you guys for coming and supporting and listening to me ramble <laughs> at times when I try to get it out. So I always pray, Holy Spirit, help me get out what you want to say because he illuminates it to me and I try to illuminate it back. And hopefully it touches your heart and gives you some nugget to think on. But last night, it was funny. I walk outside because we love sitting on the porch. Even when my mom was with me, she was like, where's Jamie? Like, he's on the porch. He's on the back porch. And usually he's with, like you said, but I was like, man, it's freezing. And so you don't make any sense. You have a blanket and you're outside and with a heater and then a fan. I think it was on low, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, um, so that launched me into a thought of, you know, there's changing seasons, and I don't necessarily think that Christians live in seasons or anything, but, you know, it's getting colder, and things are going to change, leaves are going to change, and I think I mentioned it before, but um, how trees, you know, you don't see anything that's happening in the ground, but something's going on, and, and that's, that's true with what's getting ready to happen, and um, we might, we, don't like I said don't necessarily live in seasons we live in by faith and it's a new day and all of that but sometimes we do see that things aren't happening and things aren't changing but trees and seeds and I know I was like you gotta come to my house and help me get these seeds out <laughs> replant things for the fall for the spring and I'm already thinking spring because I'm a summer person and um but there's something happening in the ground that in the springtime it produces what was already in its DNA to produce in trees and in seeds and those kinds of things and um, you know they're storing up for what they're going to produce and so I thought about you know we've talked about the pandemic and how things look and you know um, how it's doing this and the church is just not here and it's everywhere and so I'm thinking well maybe in this season this is a season and then the Lord's like you know don't want you don't want to anoint what was in the past or don't try to bring back you know all of that um, because he's going to anoint what's coming you know we're, we have an anointing anyway but I say all that because then the thought came when the ladies went to the tomb I know it's an Easter message to anoint the body of Jesus and he, they wanted to anoint what was past they wanted to anoint that but he was like no you can't I don't want you to touch me because that was a tangible thing he was there but he was like no because I if you if you anoint that and want to bring what what was here I can't I can't take you to where I want you to go I want you to be you know and it's a new it's going to be a new season and in that new season he anointed he was resurrection life they anointed of a new testament of a new covenant he was illuminating he sent the power of the holy spirit so don't you know because we think oh my gosh how it was back when we started and all this and it's going like he's like no no, you know, and we said, you know, it's, we're just keep on, on moving. And, and I just want you to think like, if nothing is going on in your life and you think of, oh, how good it was or how not good it was, even, you know, it, it, it's not necessarily a season. I mean, we can say that it is, but we're in a new day, a new reality day. And he doesn't want you to anoint what's dead, what was in the past. He wants you to be open and open-minded to receive what he's doing in this new day and what he's going to be doing continually and how he's working with Holy Spirit in you to illuminate your mind, to awaken your awareness of him and, and of the kingdom of things that you can't see, of the realities of the kingdom and uh, that new day that they were getting ready to walk and they couldn't see it, but it came by Holy Spirit, right? And so I just wanted to encourage you that um, 
you know, and, and that's a whole other message when they, when they wanted to touch. He's like, you know, don't touch me. And a lot of times we think, oh, because sin will get on. Like, who are, who are we to think we can mess that up? Anyway, you know, he was Christ. So, but um, I just want you to embrace uh, what God is doing in this season and this, what we're going to go into. Don't look at it as dead. Be, be positive. Think, okay, Lord, I know that you're going to awaken and illuminate what you have, even in, tomorrow, today, this next moment. And not that we don't hold on or look back at what he's done because we do, that is encouraging, but we don't want to stay there or go there or wish that to be here because it's a new day. Every day's a new day. So I just wanted to encourage you with that. Hopefully it helped. I hope, pray, Holy Spirit, help me get it out. But oh, And the offering, because someone mentioned to me yesterday, you know, on the app, where are you, Tim? Yeah, when you check in, there's a place to give. And he was like, you know, there should be a place where you can, where it automatically just reminds you to give. So when you pull up the app, just like, you, can, you either have to exit out or you have to give. <laughs> but at least it's there to remind you. Right. And so I just wanted to encourage you, whatever Holy Spirit puts on your heart, not what I put on your heart, but it's he, what he's telling you to give. And there's a kiosk in the back as well. But um, and we're thankful for those who watch online and give. We're just so blessed. And I appreciate and love you. And um, I know you do, too. But I just wanted to remind you about the giving part. <laughs> um, so. In her sharing, the Holy Spirit just gave me something that's not in the message that is going to go with the message. So, like a little introduction. Um, youth can go out back with uh, Pastor Brett, if you all would um, get your Bibles out as the young people go out back <clears throat> with him. Go to Psalm, the first chapter. This isn't in the notes. It's not going to be on the screen. This is what the Lord just showed me while she was speaking, and I think it's going to kind of go along with what she said and what the message is about this morning. But in Psalm chapter 1, verse 1, because we're talking, our series is Walk This Way. Two weeks ago when we really started out in the series, we talked about First John, the second chapter, verse 6, that it says that we ought as believers to, that word ought means it's necessary and even to our advantage that we walked as he himself walked. We're going to reiterate today what that word walk means. It's just not putting one foot in front of the other, which it is that in the walk, uh, in the natural, but it, it means a lifestyle, a way of living. And so she's talking about trees, seasons, and I'm talking about walking. And so the Lord just says, mm, Psalm 1, go to Psalm 1. So in verse 1 of Psalm 1, it says, blessed is the man or the woman. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I'm blessed. You are. We're blessed with heaven's best. And turn to your neighbor and say, you're blessed. Because you're sitting beside me. <laughs> blessed is the man who walks not, whose lifestyle is not ungodly. Whose way of living, that's what that word walks mean, whose way of living is not godly or stands in the path of sinners, or sits in the seat of the scornful, then I go down to verse 3. Blessed is the man because he is like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, 
Now watch this. Whose leaf also shall not wither. Well, you know what that tells me? Children of God, walking with God as He ought to walk, to, and it's to our advantage that we walk that way. We're like a tree planted by the waters, and our leaves won't wither. See, if you're going through seasons, you're going to have changing of leaves and then leaves that fall off trees. But as a believer, by faith, walking with God and walking in faith, your, your leaves won't wither. It might, not, it might not help you, but it, it helps me that my leaves aren't going to wither. I'm going to bring forth fruit. Uh, I'm a fruit bearer, not a fruit producer. Amen. Jesus never told you to produce fruit. Amen. He said, bear. He is the vine, I am the branches. The branches hold the fruit that, he produ that the vine produces. He produces fruit in you. Just be a fruit bearer and tr quit trying to produce fruit. I think that's good. The Greek word for the word walk does mean to live or conduct oneself. The way that you live, the way that you walk with Jesus, it's necessary for us to walk a certain way. It's to our advantage and it's to your brothers and sisters' advantage and those around you that you walk the way that Jesus walked and therefore showing your righteousness. You're not righteous by your walk, but your walk proves that you are righteous, so others will see. Our lifestyle needs to be the way that Jesus lives so that we can impact and affect everyone around us. We can represent Jesus. Like what Michael Todd says, he represents. That word represents, it's a play on word. You are representing Jesus. Jesus came and presented the Father to us, and now we represent the Father to others around us by living the way and walking the way that Jesus walked. We can't do that if we don't place our faith in Christ. Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verse 7, Paul is telling the church at Corinth, he sandwiches verse 7 into two verses that he's talking about life in Christ and life after death. So he's kind of sandwiching the context of 2 Corinthians 5-7 is living in Christ on the planet and living with Christ after you die. And he's talking about being absent from the body and being present with the Lord. I cannot prove to you today that any of your loved ones or my loved ones are in heaven. How do I do it? I walk by faith, verse 7, not by sight. I have conversations that might be spooky and weird to you, but it's really not to me because they're still alive and my mom talks to me. Um. But I do that by faith. I don't see her. I, I, I can't feel her, but I, I talk to her by faith. My belief in where I go, where my body will go to the, dirt, the dust of the earth from which it was created, my spirit will continue to live. How do I know that? By faith. So the walk that we walk on the planet is walking by faith and not by sight. In your journey... With Jesus, we follow Him. It is the way of grace. That's what God did for us through Jesus Christ that cannot be changed. Amen. You can't change the way of grace. 
But you have to make a decision to walk by faith in this way of grace. I'm reminded Ephesians, the second chapter, 2, 8, and 9. It is by grace what Jesus did on the cross. It's a finished work. By faith, grace is the pipeline through which faith flows. Then it's not by my works that I'm saved or made righteous. It is a gift from God. It is a walk of faith. You began the journey by faith, and you continue the journey by faith. The walk of faith is exciting. Um, Now, I'm not talking about blindfolding yourself, poking your eyes out so that you don't walk by sight, and trying to drive around and walk around. That's just... Uh, There's another Greek word for that. It's called idiosos. It's being an idiot. Don't don't blindfold yourself and say, I'm going by faith. I hope I make it to work this morning. (laughs) No, we're talking about you pay attention in in the physical, in the natural to what's around you, but you don't base your walk in your life on what you see. You walk by faith. This... Walk of faith is life-altering. It's a completely different way of life. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will ask you to do something. He'll direct you a certain way that, that normally wouldn't be the path that you'd take. But, but He has something there for you. He has a, a blessing, a gift. He wants you to be a blessing or a gift to someone else that you would come in contact there. The life of and the walk of faith is mind-boggling. I said it quickly last week, but my spiritual grandfather would say it was thrills, romance, and adventure. I say it's exciting, life-altering, and mind-blowing. But my mom would add to it, and it's full of blessings, bumps, and bruises. It's a journey that will allow you to see and to experience the goodness of God if you're walking by faith. If you're walking by faith, every corner that you turn, you're going to run into the goodness of God. I love that song that Angie sings. It's the, uh, that the goodness of God is running after me. And then she sings another one, and it's better and better and better and better and better. It's gooder and gooder. It's better than tater, somebody said. Uh, God is good, and if you're walking by faith, you're going to keep running into the goodness of God. And as you keep bumping into the goodness of God, blessing your life, you're going to live out of overflow, and then your walk of faith will begin to affect other people. Um, John Wesley said that servants walk by sight, but sons walk by faith. Um, Now, I'm not saying that as sons we're not servants, but I'm not a slave. I'm a son. How am I a son? By faith. (laughs) I believe that I have a good, good father. I have an older brother who I'm walking in his footsteps. And as I walk in his footsteps, as he walked, I am walking. And so my father sees me as he saw the only begotten son, full of grace and truth. And now as I walk this walk of faith, it means that I have the courage to stand with and for the hurting, the downtrodden, the, mis- the disenfranchised, and the misfortuned. I stand by faith with them in their battle because 
I walked by faith, and now my walk of faith is helping others walk by faith. Paul was very influential uh, in what he had to do uh, as a believer. He had affected people uh, as a Pharisee, breathing out threats against the church, but he was more impactful because he began to live by faith and not the tangibles. See, as a Pharisee, what Paul did is he walked by the flesh. And he, re he records in Galatians that walking by the flesh was keeping the law. We're going to talk more about that next week. And he breathed out threats against those that accepted Christ and had left the tangibles. What do I mean by the tangibles? The bleeding of the lamb, the slaughtering of the sheep, the burning incense, the, the tabernacle, the temple, going to a place. He had, they had left the substance, the tangible, the touchable, the smelling, the tasting, and they are now, as a, a, a Hebrews 11.1 1 says, walking by faith. What it means is to walk by faith is letting go of your will and agenda and learning to trust the Holy Spirit. I want to give you an example of that. I want to tell a, a, a real-life story of someone that I'm extremely close to, uh, my dad. Uh, in 1988, he left uh, West Virginia to go to Africa with a police officer by the na name of Jack Rinchich. And they went, Jack had one scheduled appointment, one, for Cops of Christ International, he had one scheduled appointment to meet with a group of people, uh, police officers there, and share with them. But they were going to be gone for something like 13 days. On the way to Africa in New York, that Dad was going completely by faith. Let me back up and tell you that he had many dreams that God had given him that would, he would preach to thousands of people at one time. I'm talking thousands of people. But he went by faith to support a deacon in the church by the name of Jack who was going to do one meeting. But in New York, they met a group of evangelists who were going to do a crusade in Africa. They exchanged names and cards, but they were going to different locations. Do you know that God brought their paths back together and because they were just obeying God and walking by faith as they went, just letting go of their own plans and agenda and walking by the Spirit, they re-encountered these guys and this man that was in charge of this crusade asked my dad to preach one night. He didn't know him from anyone. He just listened to the voice of the Spirit and one of my dad's dreams was fulfilled as he stood on the platform and preached to 45,000 people in a field in Africa in 1988. That was a walk of faith. They had no plan and agenda. It's one thing. I've been to Africa. I've been to Mexico 31 times. Those journeys were planned. You go this time, you're going to speak in these churches on this night. And the Holy Spirit, we had encounters and God moved. I remember preaching one night, and before the interpreter would, per, would uh, interpret what I was saying, God was touching the hearts of people, and they were responding and amening. I'm not saying you don't plan things. I'm not telling you that you shouldn't plan out your day. I do certain things at certain times on certain days, but a walk of faith would allow us to change our, our worship leaders plan the service. 
They practice. But when the Holy Spirit moves, if He changes the song, you just let go of that plan and that agenda and you follow. That's what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. And the life of those who walk by faith is characterized by confidence and assurance and peace. Um, you have peace that when you know that God's telling you to do something and you follow through with that, you have to have confidence just to say, Lord, I'm trusting you. I, I've had times where God's given me a name. You know, when you're, when you're a group of two or 3,000 people and you say a name, you're, you know, you've got a pretty good chance that you might hit that name. But you're a group of 10 or 20 people and God gives you a name and you better just have confidence and assurance that you told me to do that. I've got peace. I'm going to obey the Lord. To walk by sight, then, is characterized by a life that is governed by rules or a law system, that you want to follow laws. And it's marked, by, then, by disappointment. You'll, you'll be disappointed if, if you try to follow rules. Uh, despair. Can you see all of the disparity that's going on? And unhappiness. What does it mean then to walk by faith? I'm going to give you some quick things. Number one, I believe it's believing when you don't see it. Jesus told Thomas, blessed are you that you saw and believed. But he said, blessed are those who have not seen and will believe. So that's what it means to walk by faith. Martin Luther King said that faith is taking the first step even when you can't see the rest of the staircase. In Genesis 12, Abram steps out by faith to follow God, and he didn't know where God was taking him, but he followed God, and God led him to where he wanted him to be. I believe that walking by faith is listening when it doesn't make sense. When it goes against your nature uh, and God asks you to do something, that's when faith has to kick in. I believe it's persisting when I don't feel like it. I walk by faith. Ever woke up in the morning and didn't feel like doing much that day? But you have to keep on going? The walk with Jesus, sometimes you don't feel like going on the battle's tough it's raging finances might be low there's sickness in the house we just have to go by faith and not by the circumstances on our surroundings it's thanking god before i receive the answer philippians 4 6 paul said to be anxious for nothing but in all things with thanksgiving make your request known to God. So in my prayer, when I'm asking for something, I'm already thanking God for the answer for it. That's what faith is. To walk in faith means to see God up close, not as some distant mythological creature unconcerned with the affairs of his people. And I believe that that is what has happened to a lot of Christians, especially in the Western culture, we have been given a view of a mythological creature who's not really concerned about the affairs of his people. He just wants worship. He just wants people to bow down to him. He just wants to make people do things against their will. That's, that's not the Father in heaven. That's not the God that we serve. And so 
we've been caught up because of Hollywood and stories. We've been caught up in mythology more than we've been caught up in who God is. And Jesus gave us the exact representation of the Father. And when we walk by faith, we begin to have a relationship. I mean, I trust some of you guys. I don't know all of you that well. I don't know if I'd trust you with my kids. <laughs> but I have great relationships with people in this room and in others because of the relationship that I've had. And because of that relationship that I've had with them, I would trust them with my life. That's a, that's a rare relationship that you can have with people. But that's what the relationship with the Father is. It's having so much trust in Him that you trust Him with your life. You trust Him with your finances. See, when He asks you to give, uh, Lisa was talking about giving, you, you either trust Him and walk by faith and you give because you trust Him. It's a trust issue. That's what giving is all about. Giving is about a trust issue. It's not about obedience as much as it is trust. I can get up here and pound into you to follow a law of a certain percentage and you'll rebel against it. You'll dislike me and think that I'm money hungry and you'll dislike God for demanding something from you when it's a trust issue with your finances because there's principles that he says, for instance, in Genesis, the eighth chapter, that as long as the earth remains, there's seed time and harvest. And there's no comma, it, or there is commas, it's seed, comma, time, comma, harvest. Seed, then there's time, <laughs> then there's a harvest. It's a principle of the kingdom. So do you trust, farmers have to trust that if they put the seed in the ground in due time, there will be a harvest. If they don't trust, they'll never plant. The walk of faith is a walk of trusting in a relationship with the Father that what you have surrendered to Him, He will take better care of than we could take care of it ourselves. That's why at Grace Life we practice infant baby dedication and not infant baptism we are dedicating what the lord has given to us the children that he has given to us we dedicate it back to them to him because it was a gift from him and when we place them in his hands we have to trust that through every stage of their life especially teenage years when we want to kill them that he is the one that will sustain and keep them When we walk by faith, I can guarantee you things will begin to happen. I've seen it. I, I know it to be true in my life. I have seen the invisible. What are you talking about? Anybody ever seen an angel? I'm not just talking about the one sitting on the front row. I'm talking about invisible beings. I brownie point I'm trying to get it no. <laughs> then this room right now there are invisible creatures the angels Lisa and I believe that we can dispatch angels and we pray that the angels be around our children when they're out uh, driving or going to 
uh, events that they're participating in, living in their own homes. We dispatch angels over us, ourselves, over you. There are angels in this building. By faith, we could believe and God could peel back the curtain and you could see into the invisible. I believe that by faith you can believe the incomprehensible. How many believe that you can hear the inaudible? Any, anybody ever heard that? It's an old, I say cassette tape, and some of you probably won't even remember what that is. As I look around, there would be a few maybe that don't know what a cassette tape is. But it went around in the late 80s and early 90s of a choir practice going on, and they were singing, and as they were singing, they hit the record button, and after they were listening to it, there were angels singing. And one great uh, musician said, he was a voice trainer, he said, you could not sustain a note for that long. In the physical body, holding out a note, you, can't, you can only sustain it for so long, and then you have to take a breath. But this, this audible angel voices, you could hear it all the way across the table. How many of you have ever heard that tape? Have you ever heard that? Yeah, several of you have heard that. That's hearing the inaudible. You can feel the intangible. How many of you have ever felt the glory of God? The weighty presence of God. Come on, somebody. Now, we don't walk by feelings to feel the intangible but i'm going to tell you something as you're walking by faith you will feel the that intangible you look around and i, I fell out in the spirit one time face forward i was down on the ground and i tried to get myself off the ground i mean i was trying to lift my arms up off the ground but the the intangible weight of the glory of god was weighty on me i mean you can't argue with a personal experience that was the intangible presence and glory of God. I do not see the presence of God in this building right now. But there has been times that I've felt it. We can expect the impossible. When doctors and scientists and nurses say, well, that's an impossible situation. But when God steps in, I want, come on, build, help us build each other's faith up. When it, you're down to the last second and you have to have $10,000 or you're going to lose your house and you have to have it by 12.02 and it's 12 o'clock and God steps in and He brings in a miracle and somebody hands you a check for $10,000. You, you can expect the impossible as you're walking by faith. We heard Paco Cook or uh, Josue Cook standing in this pulpit three weeks ago and say that the Lord told him to give his last money in his pocket to someone else and he didn't know how he was going to get through the line that he was standing in to get on the plane to get to America but by the time he got to the line so he obeyed, he walked by faith and he was believing the impossible God you're going to work this out and when he was next in line the lady tapped him on the shoulder and said oh we, we found our purse, here's your money back that's walking by faith. Faith produces favor, forgiveness, freedom, friendship, and fearlessness. How can one discern, though, that they are walking by faith and not by sight? How can I know? Write this down or lock it into your mind. If you're watching on the internet, make a note of this. Ask yourself this question. Am I practicing the law... 
Am I observing a ritual or am I, am I, or am I exercising my righteousness? Those of us who would want to practice the law or observe a ritual or go by a tradition, we're putting more faith and confidence in that rule, that law, or that ritual than we are what God has told us to do. And when I practice my righteousness, that means that I am exercising that I am a child of God. I am a son, and because I am a son, I have access to everything that my daddy has access to. And so I call the riches and the resources of heaven to earth. That's exercising my righteousness. Too many times we have practiced traditions and laws. That's walking by sight. I, just let me tread water lightly, but I am aware of churches that have been singing the same song since 1959. Jennifer, she was in a church that every Sunday morning they sang the same song because they had been singing it since 1959 and Mama got saved and walked down the middle aisle and something, somebody felt something and there was a move of God, so now it has become a tradition, it has become a practice, and when you're doing something out of a practice, and see, I have to, I'm sorry that I have to say this, but some don't understand, there are things that we ought to do every day, okay? We do them by faith, not as I, I know they become a habit, and I'm talking about things like reading the scripture, studying, praying, we ought to do these things. They're good habits to have, but I'm not doing them out of a tradition and practice following a law because God said, if you don't do this, I'm going to get you. That's not why we do that. That's practicing a law. I do it out of faith because in my relationship with the Father and reading the story about who He is and who I am in Him, then as I do that by faith, then I begin to hear the inaudible. I begin to feel the intangible. I begin to believe for the... If you, f- if you feel it necessary to obey or observe a rule or a ritual or tradition, that doesn't take faith. Paul said in Galatians 3.10, For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. What's the curse? The curse is if you're going to follow one of them, then you have to follow all 613 of them or you failed in all of it. You can't see... It's amazing to me that those that want to still live by law, they're going to pick and choose which one they want to follow. Uh, we're, not, we're not going to poke out eyes and cut off hands. That's a law. Okay, We're going to follow these, and we've picked out the big three. Don't commit adultery. Don't murder. And the big one, and, and then don't, have, don't lay with a man like you would lay with a woman. That was a good way of saying we're homophobic. And so we pick out these big three and we pick and choose. No, you got to follow them all. So make you an altar, start sacrificing animals. Make sure you ceremonially cleanse yourself. If you've touched any dead thing, then you can't come to church for the next seven days. I mean, 
That's what Paul was saying the curse was. The curse was you cannot fulfill them all. And you will wear yourself out trying to fulfill them. And then it's walking by sight and you're all of these tangibles. But now the walk of faith is a walk where you have faith is the substance. And it's the evidence of things not seen. Righteousness and faith, look at this, they're inseparable. You are made righteous by your faith. You're actually made righteous by what Jesus did at the cross. Then you place your faith in that, believing that that is for you. They are inseparable. Law and righteousness are strangers because it doesn't take faith to obey a rule. And this is a walk of faith. Walking by faith is a matter of focus. Not on your circumstances, not on the surface, but on Christ, the Savior, looking unto Jesus. Walking by faith simply is functioning in the kingdom of God. How many believe that we're in the kingdom right now? I'm not waiting to go to the kingdom. I am in the kingdom of God right now. I am ruling and reigning in this life. Well, if there's no kingdom here, then what are you ruling and reigning in? I'm ruling and reigning in this life through the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace. That's how we rule and reign in this life. So we function in the kingdom of God, the present reality of the kingdom, and we are believing that there is more than meets the eye. That's what it means to walk by faith. If you, don't, if you cannot grab a hold of that there's more than meets the eye, then you're going to walk by sight. You're going to end up in discouragement, despair, defeat, and unhappiness. doesn't mean that God doesn't love you and doesn't mean that you won't go to heaven, but you sure will live in hell on earth. It's amazing to me how many people week in and week out, without fail, that I hear these words, Pastor, my life has become a living hell. I'm living in hell. I believe in a biblical hell. I'm not going to try to take that away from you. But there are more people I'm concerned with right now that are living in hell on earth. And if we can get them out of the hell on earth that they're living in, then they'll definitely want to go to the heaven that they can go to when they die but they can't see any reality of a future heaven because of the present reality of hell that they're living in. But the reality of the kingdom of God that we're living and functioning is we have to believe that there's more than meets the eye. You should pay attention to the visible. I'm walking by faith, not by sight. That's not a statement of ignorance again. That's by, I'm not going to go around blindly leading the blind because then we'll both end up in the ditch. It's regarding that which we can't prove. That's what it means to walk by faith. And by faith, it is proven to us. John, if you would come and begin to play. When Paul tells Timothy, his son in the gospel, that all Scripture was inspired. Now, let me set this setting for you. 
okay, because you know that culture and history and audience make a huge difference in Scripture interpretation. So Paul is telling his son in the gospel, Timothy, he says, Son, all Scripture is inspired or is God-breathed. He was not talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John or any of the letters that he was going to write to the churches. Okay, I'm not trying to bust your bubble. I'm giving you context of the Scripture, and the context of the Scripture is Paul is telling Timothy, he's writing a letter to Timothy, and he says, all Scripture is God-breathed. And then he mentions some things to him that it's for. Reproving and rebuking and instruction. He gives him some things that the scripture was for. I say that to say that Paul reaches into this God-breathed scripture from time to time and he will quote it in his letters. If I was writing a letter to Justin and I was wanting to encourage Justin, there are a plethora of scriptures that I could pull out that I believe would inspire and encourage him. And that's what Paul does in his writings. He pulls out from the scriptures that he had. They were available to him, and he encourages the church. And one of them that he used is found in Habakkuk. When he quotes Habakkuk in several different places, over in Romans 1, he uses it in 2 Corinthians 5. But in Galatians 3.11, he also quotes Habakkuk 2.4. If you would go home and read chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 of Habakkuk, you would see that he's using this God-breathed scripture to encourage us to walk by faith. And this is what he says in Galatians, the third chapter, verse 11. Now it is absolutely clear that no one is made right with God through the law. Because the prophet Habakkuk told us, by faith, the just will obtain life. Folks, if keeping the law, if walking by the flesh would have brought us life, there would have been no need for Jesus to come and die. But because Jesus did come and die, and what was his whole plan for dying was to exchange his life for ours. He not only died for me, he died as me. He not only gave his life for me, but he gave his life to me. And I obtain life through what Jesus did. That's the work of grace and the walk of faith. And the just shall live by where we shall obtain life by faith. And so in obtaining and retaining the life that God has given us. It's an abundant life. Would you agree? Say amen. amen. It's an everlasting life. If you agree, say amen. amen. It's life to the fullest and a life worth living. Amen. That's why Jesus brought heaven into your hell. I said it a few weeks ago. I didn't get saved to preach. I got saved because I had an encounter. My dysfunction had an encounter with the goodness of God. And by faith, I had to believe that that was what was going to give me life. Would you stand to your feet with me and we'll close this service out. And 
contemplate and give you a time to respond to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And as you do that, look at the screen. This is another place where Paul quotes Habakkuk, the second chapter in Romans 1, 16 and 17. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For in it, in the gospel, in the good news, not in preaching sin to people, but in the good news of the gospel of Christ, in it is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Without a doubt, everyone under the sound of my voice has faith in something. You've placed your faith in something. The stock market, job security, you've placed your faith in something. But as the good news is shared, in it righteousness is revealed so that you will come out of that faith into the faith of the Son of God. From faith to faith. In context, he's telling these Jews, you've got to come out of faith and living in the law to faith in Christ. The ancient expositors taught that we move from what we once believed into believing in God alone for righteousness. It's in God alone through Jesus that we're saved. And so for the Jew, it was actually moving from the Torah. It was moving away from that tradition of Thousands of years into the faith that what Jesus had done was now going to make them whole. For those, any of, those of us living in religion, it's actually and literally coming out of that faith and believing in our denomination or believing in the doctrine that we've been taught to a complete and total trust and faith in Jesus for our righteousness alone. In this journey of walking with Jesus, it's by a walk of faith and not by sight. And it's, it's moving from an impotent faith to a powerful faith in what Christ has done for us. Would you bow your heads and let's just contemplate this morning. I'm offering you, if you'll place your faith in Christ, something that's bigger, better, and beyond yourself place where you can have excitement and life-altering and mind-boggling experiences of the goodness of God you say pastor I placed my faith in Christ when I was seven years old praise God you have secured your place in heaven when you die but can I ask you will you be honest with yourself are you enjoying the thrills the romance and the adventure of walking with Jesus it's a simple mind shift. It's a simple repentance and changing your mind and placing your faith and surrendering to God. See, this is my opinion, but I don't believe that God is in control of everything. I look at too much evil going on in the world and I know He doesn't have His hand on that. He is in control of everything that I have surrendered to Him. He's in control of my finances because I've surrendered my finances to Him. He's in control of the steps of my life because I've surrendered. The steps of my life are ordered by Him because I've surrendered Him. He will continue to let you make every choice that you are making that's wrecking and ruining your life. But that's not His plan and that's not His best for you. And so by faith, 
you repent and believe and surrender control to the Holy Spirit in you and allow him to guide and direct your life. And there will be thrills, romance, and adventure. There will be excitement, life-altering, and mind-boggling experiences with the goodness of God. Yes, intermingled, there are bumps, bruises, and blessings. That's living in this world but not being a part of this world. You're not from it. So I ask you two questions this morning about your faith and your walk of faith. Number one, have you ever released your faith to be reconciled to God through what Jesus did at the cross? If not, this morning is a great opportunity for you to, by grace through faith, accept what he's done for you. If you have done that and you are a believer, you're walking in the kingdom realm, but are you functioning in that faith realm of walking by faith and not by sight and surrendering all to him? Today would be a good opportunity to just say, Father, <laughs> thank you for what you've done through Jesus, and I surrender all to you by faith, walking out my life with you. Man, what a journey with Jesus that you can experience. I'm going to ask John to sing, and as he sings, you respond how the Holy Spirit touches your life at your seat, at the altar, sitting, kneeling, standing, contemplating, speaking out a prayer, praying in the Spirit, however the Holy Spirit touches you now during this song, you respond, and then we'll pray together. <laughs> 